Section 11 of The Emperor of Portugalia by Selma Lagerlöf. Translated by Velma Swanston Howard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Lars Rolander. Section 11. The Letter. One morning, when Glory Goldie had been gone about a fortnight, Jan was out in the pasture nearest the big forest, mending a wattled fence. He was so close to the woods that he could hear the murmur of the pines and see the grouse hen walking about under the trees, scratching for food, a long line of grouse chicks trailing after her. Jan had nearly finished his work when he heard a loud bellowing from the wooded heights. It sounded so weird and awful he began to be alarmed. He stood still a moment and listened. Soon he heard it again. Then he knew it was nothing to be afraid of, but, on the contrary, it seemed to be a cry for help. He threw down his pickets and branches and hurried through the birch grove into the dense fir woods, where he had not gone far before he discovered what was amiss. Up there was a big treacherous marsh. A cow belonging to the Falla folk had gone down in a quagmire, and Jan saw at once that it was the best cow they had on the farm, one for which Lars Gunnarsson had been offered two hundred rix-dollars. She had sunk deep in the mire, and was now so terrified that she lay quite still, and sent forth only feeble and intermittent bellowings. It was plain that she had struggled desperately, for she was covered with mud clear to her horns, and round about her the green moss tufts had been torn up. She had bellowed so loud that Jan thought every one in Ashdales must have heard her, yet no one but himself had come up to the marsh. He did not tarry a second, but ran straight to the farm for help. It was slow work setting pools in the marsh, laying out boards and slipping ropes under the cow to draw her up, for when the men reached her she had sunk to her back, so that only her head was above the mire. After they had finally dragged her back onto firm ground, and carted her home to Falla, the housewife invited all who had worked over the animal to come inside for coffee. No one had been so zealous in the rescue work as had Jan of Rufflack, but for him the cow would have been lost. And just think, she was a cow worth at least two hundred rix-dollars. To Jan this seemed a rare stroke of luck. Surely the new master and mistress could not fail to recognize so great a service. Something of a similar nature once happened in the old master's time. Then it was a horse that had been impaled on a picket fence. The one who found the horse and had it carted home received from Eric of Falla a reward of ten rix-dollars, and that despite the fact that the beast was so badly injured that Eric had to shoot it. But the cow was alive and in no wise harmed, so Jan pictured himself going on the morrow to the sexton, or to some other person who could write, to ask him to write to Glory Goldie, and tell her to come home. When Jan came into the living-room at Fallan, he naturally drew himself up a bit. The old housewife was pouring coffee, 
and he did not wonder at it when she handed him his cup before even Lars Gunnarsson had been served. Then, while they were all having their coffee, everyone spoke of how well Jan had done, that is, everyone but the farmer and his wife. Not a word of praise came from them. But now that Jan felt so confident his hard times were over, and his luck was coming back, it was easy for him to find grounds for comfort. It might be that Lars was silent because he wished to make what he would say all the more impressive, but he was certainly withholding his thanks a distressingly long while. The situation had become embarrassing. The others had stopped talking and looked a little uncomfortable. When the old mistress went round to refill the coffee cups, some of the men hesitated. Jan among them. "'Oh, have another wee drop, Jan,' she said. "'If you hadn't been so quick to act, we would have lost a cow that's worth her two hundred rix-dollars.' This was followed by a dead silence, and now everyone's eyes turned towards the man of the house. All were waiting for some expression of appreciation from him. Lars cleared his throat two or three times, as if to give added weight to what he was about to say. "'It strikes me there's something queer about this whole business,' he began. "'You all know that Jan owes two hundred rix-dollars, and you also know that last spring I was offered just that sum for the cow. It seems to fit in altogether too well with Jan's case that the cow should have gone down in the marsh to-day.' and that he should have rescued her lars paused and again cleared his throat jan rose and moved toward him but neither he nor any of the others had an answer ready i don't know how jan happened to be the one who heard the cow bellowing up in the marsh pursued lars perhaps he was nearer the scene when the mishap occurred than he would have us think Maybe he saw a possibility of getting out of debt and deliberately drove the cow. Jan brought his fist down on the table with a crash that made the cups jump in their saucers. "'You judge others by yourself, you,' he said. "'That's the sort of thing you might do, but not I. You must know that I can see through your tricks. One day last winter you—' But just when Jan was on the point of saying something, that could only have ended in an irreparable break between himself and his employer, the old housewife tipped him by the coat-sleeve. "'Look out, Jan,' said she. Jan did so. Then he saw Katrina coming toward the house with a letter in her hand. That was surely the letter from Glory Goldie, which they had been longing for every day since her departure. Katrina, knowing how happy Jan would be to get this, had come straight over with it the moment it arrived. Jan glanced about him, bewildered. Many ugly words were on the tip of his tongue, but now he had no time to give vent to them. What did he care about being revenged on Lars Gunnarsson? Why should he bother to defend himself? The letter drew him away with a power that was irresistible. He was out of the house and with Katrina before the people inside had recovered from their dread of what he might have hurled at his employer in the way of accusation. August Darnol. 
one evening when glory goldie had been gone about a month august Dernoul came down to the ashdales august and glory had been comrades at the Östanby school and had been confirmed the same summer a fine manly lad was august Dernoul, and a favorite with everyone his parents were people of means and no one had a brighter or more assured future to look forward to than had he having been absent from home for six months he had only learnt on his return that glory goldie had gone away in order to earn money to save her old home it was his mother who told him of this and before she had finished talking he snatched up his cap and rushed out never pausing until he had reached the gate at Rufflock croft there he stopped and looked toward the hut katrina saw august standing there and made a pretext of going to the well for water in order to speak to him but the lad did not appear to see her so katrina immediately went back into the house then in a little while jan came down from the forest with an armful of wood and when august saw him coming he stepped to one side until he too had gone in then he went back to the gate presently the window of the hut swung open disclosing jan seated at one side of the window table smoking his pipe and katrina at the other side knitting well katrina dear said jan now we're having a real cosy evening there's only one thing i wish for i wish for a hundred things sighed katrina and if i could have them all i'd still be unsatisfied but i only wish the seine maker or somebody else who can read would drop in and read us glory goldie's letter you've had that letter read to you so many times since you've got it that you ought to know it by heart that may be true enough returned jan but still it always does me good to hear it read for then i feel as though the little girl herself were standing and talking to me and i seem to see her eyes beam on me as i listen to her words i wouldn't mind hearing it again myself said katrina glancing out through the open window but on a fine light evening like this we can't expect folks to come to our hut it would be better to me than the taste of white bread with coffee to hear glory goldie's letter read while i'm sitting here smoking declared jan but i'm sure every one in the ashdales has grown tired of being asked to read the letter over and over and now i don't know who to turn to the words were hardly out of his mouth when the door opened and in walked august Darnoul jan started in surprise bless me here you come my dear august just when wanted after jan had shaken hands with the caller and pulled up a chair for him he said i've got a letter i'd like you to read to us it's from an old schoolmate of yours maybe you'd be interested to hear how she's getting on august Dernoul took the letter and read it aloud lingering over each word as if drinking it in when he had finished jan remarked how wonderfully well you read my dear august 
i've never heard goldie's words sound as beautiful as from your lips would you do me the favor to read the letter once more then the boy read the letter for the second time with the same deep feeling it was as if he had come with a thirst-perched throat to a spring of pure water when he had read to the end he carefully folded the letter and smoothed it over with his hands as he was about to return it to jan it occurred to him the letter had not been properly folded and he must do it over that done he sat very silent jan tried to start a conversation but failed finally the boy rose to go it's so nice to get a little help sometimes said jan now i have another favor to ask of you we don't know just what to do with glory goldie's kitten it will have to be put out of the way i suppose as we can't afford to keep it but i can't bear the thought of that nor has katrina the heart to drown it we've talked of asking some stranger to take it august darnoul stammered a few words which could scarcely be heard you can put the kitten in a basket katrina jan said to his wife then august will take it along so that we'll not have to see it again katrina then picked up a little kitten that lay asleep on the bed placed it in an old basket around which she wrapped a cloth and then turned it over to the boy i'm glad to be rid of this kitten said jan it's wee happy and playful too much like glory goldie herself it's best to have it out of the way jan darnoul without a word went toward the door but suddenly he turned back took jan's hand and pressed it thanks he said in a choked voice you have given me more than you yourself know don't imagine it my dear august darnoul jan said to himself when the boy had gone this is something i understand about i know what i've given you and i know who has taught me to know end of section 11 read by lars rolander